the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May I ask you a question? How many of you are really getting thin and worn down by these last five months going through this virus situation? How many of you are getting worn down? How many of you are getting frustrated? How many of you find yourself in your heart? You don't have to raise your hands on this one. How many of you find yourselves in your heart that there's a building of a bit with that frustration and the suffering we've been going through, a tad bit more of complaining, of grumbling? Yeah, God bless you. You and the rest of us. Absolutely. It's true. It's true because in our humanity, this is what suffering tends to do to us. But my friends, today our Lord wants to set before us something I think is critically important to both how we experience Him toward the growth of our faith and our own salvation, but also for the recapturing and the maintaining of the joy of Christ and the peace of Christ that is to fill His people every blessed day of their life, because every day in Christ is blessed. And we need to remember this. Our Lord through the Mass reminds us of this today. If you paid attention to the words of the intro that the choir sang right at the beginning, which is from Psalm 47, listen to the words. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great King over all the earth. Later in that psalm, the psalmist gives praise in this way. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. And you sang a blessed hymn, one of my favorite hymns. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Our great Redeemer's praise. Today, praise is set before us. And why is praise set before us? Because the Lord our God is set before us so that we remember Him. So that we turn ourselves to the God who has done such abundant things for us and is doing such abundant things for us. Clap your hands, all you people. Sing praises to God. And I ask you this question. Is this your disposition you find in the daily? Is this the disposition we have right now after we've been five months into all of this? Is the, is the praise of God welling up within your soul and then coming out of your mouth towards Him for His goodness? Because it says, shout to God with a voice of triumph for the Lord Most High is awesome. That word in the Hebrew, awesome, it means this, that we are awestruck by the goodness of God on behalf of us. That we literally live in the moments of our lives absolutely, completely befuddled in awe of God's continuing love and all the gifts of the kingdom of God that He pours into our lives on a daily basis. Are we experiencing this? Are we turning our face to this? And because of that is joy and worship and praise bubbling from the soul of you, from me. If not, why not? Because of a virus? 
because things in our lives are not as normal as we want them to go back to, and it's been a long time since they've been normal? Has God ceased to be among us? Had God ceased to shower His love and His grace and His mercy upon us every moment of our lives? You see, something's not meshing. And you know, when I hear you from time to time, and God bless you, I understand it. When I hear the beginnings, and I've only heard the beginnings, thank God. But when I hear the, the beginnings of some real downcastness coming out of your mouth, uh, some, some grumbling, some complaining, some angst coming out. I'm not upset with you. But what it shows me, and what it should show you when that comes from me, what it shows me is that in that moment you have taken your eyes off the Lord your God and cast them to all the lies and the suffering that are going on all around us today. Because if we set our eyes on all of that, then our soul will be downcast. We will enter into a hopelessness that is not Christian. And that despair and that hopelessness will begin to take root in our lives. And we will begin to grumble and complain and not see. As if we have blinders to all the goodness that God is and all that He's doing around us. That's the danger for us. And so here we are, five months into this. And I mentioned this on Wednesday. When a people go through elongated times of suffering, we wear thin in our humanity. There's no question about this. And we begin to crack and grumble rather than keeping our eyes fixed on God and seeing and experiencing His goodness, even pressing into Him with great diligence to pray and be with Him and list that great thankfulness from our own lives to Him. Today is a reminder to come back to our true selves. Today is a reminder that the Lord does not cease to place Himself before us. The question is, are we placing ourselves before Him? So that true fellowship and the true experience of God may happen in our lives. Because I tell you all around us, my friends, there are great and wondrous things that God is doing. In the midst of this parish, and in the midst of all of your lives, and I tell you, in the midst of my life. But how many times do we, if we look at it honestly, how many times do we become like blessed Israel in the wilderness? Remember what happened with them. The Lord delivered them from slavery and bondage. Now listen to all that God did for Israel while they were in the wilderness. To get them out of their slavery, He opened up the Red Sea and they beheld this wonder. And they walked in between the waters to the other side. And when the enemy that sought to destroy them pursued them into those waters, the Lord God in His love for His people and in His power and in His dominion over their enemy caused the water to clash on them and drown them, destroying the enemy of God's people, setting them free. And in the wilderness, you know, there was not even close to enough food and water to sustain the thousands of Hebrew people. They were wandering around and it would be for 40 years. So what did God do on a daily basis? What did they experience? What did they see? Every blessed morning they got up. These beautiful layer cakes of bread on the ground. Miraculously in the wilderness. God literally feeding his sheep on a daily basis. And they ate of that manna. And in the evening before the sun had set, 
he caused quail to come from nowhere and settle near them, so that they had quail to eat every day, bread in the morning, quail in the evening, by the very hand of God providing for them. And then when they got thirsty, because there wasn't a lot of water, even if God had to have Moses with a staff strike a, wa a rock, water, living water would pour from that rock. And they would drink and they would survive that journey. And they saw this on a daily basis. In this time, every day during the scorching heat of the wilderness area that they were in, God provided and led them with a cloud cover to preserve their lives from heat, exhaustion, and death. He would lead them by that cloud. And at night when the cold would set in in the wilderness, he would be with them, amongst them, as a pillar of fire to keep them warm, to keep them alive, and to continue to guide and steer his people to the promised land. Are you seeing, can you imagine seeing these things on a daily basis? All the good and wondrous works of God? That is an incredible notion. Even as I say those things, to have experienced them would have been something so much more profound. But they experienced this. And yet, what happened with the people? They found things to complain about. Even after seeing all that God had done, they found things to complain about. Oh, we were doing better back in our bondage because we had three squares a day. This is what they said. You know what they even did? They even complained about the manner in which God provided when they would complain against the manna. We're tired of manna. We want the good stuff back in Egypt where we were beaten and enslaved, you see. But look at the humanity. All of these experiences of the Lord their God on their behalf, and still they fell at times to a complaining heart. And my question is, is this in any way becoming me? Is it in any way becoming you in the midst of this journey of this wilderness through this pandemic? Have we forgotten what God has been doing all the time and in our midst? Do we have blinders on so we're not awake and aware and seeing what God is doing us in his majesty and his love for us all around us every moment of our lives right now? Are we becoming a bit like Israel? The antidote to despair the prescription for having a downcast soul is what's being given to us today. And that prescription is this, to live a life of always remembering the Lord your God. What does that mean? That means that by great discipline, because remembering the Lord your God does not come naturally as in the example of Israel. Remembering the Lord your God is a discipline that is now because we have the Holy Spirit within us touched by grace so that we may be enabled to grab onto our God for dear life in times like these. Remembering his blessed faithfulness to us all of our days and again seeing the great wonders he's doing around us even in the daily right now. You know, in 2020, you see all the jokes about this year and rightly so disastrous year, they call it, and so on and so forth. And they're right, this has been a great year of incredible suffering on so many levels, even beyond the virus. And look around in this world and you see the humanity that's coming to the surface from all the suffering. It's right in our face. 
But I want to share with you something about 2020 that we haven't been talking about perhaps enough. I want to share with you the good works of God in 2020, despite what the world is facing. I want to share with you His faithfulness. And if you'll just give me a moment, because this list, while not exhaustive, it's a decent list. And I tell you that it comes from a heart of praise in me because I am so incredibly thankful for all that I have seen God doing. And this list just pertains to our parish. Not even my own life. I could have you here for days if I consider all of the blessings that God has done in my life for me, despite me. Listen to this. Number one, I praise God that in five months of this pandemic, there has not been one COVID case in this parish. Not one COVID case in this parish. And that's not to say that there never will be. But so far right now, God in His mercy has seen fit that though we're here being very responsible with one another, some with masks, all with social distancing, we're being responsible. The reality is so far there's been nothing to pass. And I praise God for His protection during this time over all of us. And we need to rejoice in that. And should something happen, one of us fall to this virus, do you think God will be less faithful then? But I thank God that we haven't had one. This year, 15 precious, blessed, beautiful souls were chrismated into His church. Four of them were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And I had the blessing of the front row seat, seeing what God was doing in all 15 of these souls. And it was amazing to see the work of healing, the work of revelation that God did in bringing them to Himself. And I tell you that even since Pentecost, when they were all brought into the church, we have had eight new inquirers, even in the midst of not even meeting together. Our Lord is still bringing souls into the ark of salvation to see and ask and inquire of Him. And now He has the potential to reveal Himself to all of these. Another one just came this week. Our Lord has been so faithful as I look at every parishioner. In the midst of all the financial struggles that are going on out there, I look and I see what God has done. And there is not one parishioner that doesn't have what they need. Because the hand of God is providing for you and is providing for me right in the midst of this wilderness journey. And the parish, because of your faithfulness and God's faithfulness, is precisely where it needs to be. We have precisely what we need. God is faithful. God is active. And now let me offer you this. Don't neglect the miraculous works of God that we have seen in this year alone. Because we have seen three divine healings of bodies in this parish. Just before the COVID situation, D. Moore was diagnosed with mitral valve regurgitation, a condition of the heart that is pumping not at the right speed, not at the right rhythm. Because of that, all around the heart, fluid builds. And there's not much they were going to be able to do for her, but have a nurse come three times a week. She got out of the hospital, and I went there, and Chris was there, her grandson, and we anointed her, and we prayed for her, and all of you prayed for her. And that was on a Tuesday. On a Wednesday morning, five minutes before I walk into noon mass, my cell phone starts ringing. I normally don't answer it. It was Dee telling me she just went to the doctor, and they couldn't find her mitral valve regurgitation. Just a week before that, Judy Huebner had fallen and greatly hurt her wrist. 
damaged her wrist. It was very painful. She was about to consider going into the ER, get some x-rays done at that time. And she's sitting here in mass one day, and literally it's hurting her so bad, and she had not been sleeping, she told me. I didn't even know it had happened. She's sitting in the pew, and she is asking the Lord for mercy, saying, Is there any way, Lord, please take away my pain? And right as she said that in the midst of mass, her pain went away, and she has another problem with that wrist. And just recently, Olivia Reynolds, another incredible miracle of God on behalf of Olivia and her family. I went to the ER that morning, and Olivia was with us, but not with us. Her eyes were open, but she couldn't focus. Her knees were swaying, and she couldn't communicate at all, but she understood things that you were saying. And so her husband and I stood there, and we prayed for her, and we anointed her, and all of you faithfully prayed for her. And three hours later, I get a call, and Olivia is almost giggling on the phone and talking to me in complete sentences. Look at what Christ, our God, is still doing. The fact that our world and the world that we live in is suffering has nothing to do with his goodness, has nothing to do with his faithfulness. And if we will look to see it, he is demonstrating it so precisely and wondrously if we'll look upon him. These are just things in the parish that I've seen him do. And I don't have time to tell you all of them that I've seen him do in all of your lives. Christ is in our midst. And as they say, he is and always shall be. What does what happening in this world have to do with our joy and peace? Our joy and peace is to be found in the person of God. In fellowship with him. And in the blessed fellowship of the saints both in heaven and on earth. There is nothing this world can throw at us if we will keep our faces fixed upon God. There is nothing the world can throw at us that can diminish our joy even if we suffer. Because God is worthy in times of suffering in this world or in times of great joy and peace. He is with us. Last night at Vespers, we had the blessed divine reading from Daniel of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And because of their faithfulness to God, they were sent to a horrendous suffering death in one of the greatest fiery furnaces ever created. And when they were sent in there, all of a sudden they're in this fire. They're not burning. They're not suffering. And someone looks in and says, hey, how many did we send in there? Three? Because there's four in there. Who was the fourth? The word of God, the fathers say. God himself was in the midst of their suffering, their trial that they were presented with. And notice something. God didn't break them out of it. It wasn't time for them to come out yet. So what did he do? While they were in the midst of the suffering, he was with them. And God delivers us both in trials and through trials to the other side. My friends, again, the prescription for us welling up with joy and holding that joy and remaining at peace and contentment. It's completely dependent on where we set our gaze. What are we going to choose to look at? 
all of the lies and confusions in media and social media and people all around us? Are we going to set our face upon the only one certain truth? The one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And look upon him all the days of our lives. And every day, whether we feel like it or not, let the praise of God combat the darkness of the soul. Because when we praise him, he steps right into that moment and he makes himself present and shares his joy with us. I want to leave you with the words of St. Paul. From Philippians in chapter 4, we addressed this two or three months ago, but I say it again because this is the word for us. St. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And then there's a result of that promise to us. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And then listen to what he says. Finally, in other words, to tie all of this together, I'm going to tell you how to live in thanksgiving. I'm going to tell you how to grab on to this offered peace. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, not what you're hearing out there, and whatever things are praiseworthy, meditate, that is, fix your whole self on them. When you leave today, my prayer is you'll do something. My prayer is that you'll take some time between now and when you go to bed. And I want you to make a literal list. A literal list of all the things that you are thankful to God for in your life. Things that He's done for you in the past. Things that you've seen Him do for you right now and sustaining you and providing for you, list it out. And you can list things you've seen in the parish as well. And I want you to ever have that list before you and I want you to add to it daily. And every day I want you to offer that list to God. When you start feeling downcast spirits settling in because of our suffering, there's no way around it. We are suffering and i got a word for you. We're going to continue to suffer for a while. We're not done yet. So when you start falling into that downcast spirit, you get out your list of the mighty works of God that He's done for you. And you combat the darkness with praise. My friends, it has to be a discipline and there is no way around it. You can give in to the darkness of spirit and the downcastness of soul. Or you, like David, can question yourself in the moment and say, Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. He's forcing himself to turn himself to God again. List your praise. Become a people of praise. And let a world be confounded that it looks into the ark of salvation and sees a people filled with joy and peace when everybody else around them is in confusion and darkness and depression. Let them see Christ through your joy. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.